You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, 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 friends. Today, I am pumped up. I am excited. I am delighted and I am ignited. I have with me a special, special guest and a friend, actually. So I want to welcome you all out there in podcast land. I want you to really grab a friend. I want you to call a friend. I want you to get ready to be inspired because this is the man that is taking the news. He is doing some awesome things. I'm excited to have with me my guest, David Anthony. Anthony Johnson, who uses his talents and gifts to lead others to a successful life in the world and in the world to come. He's a preacher, darling, so we're going to hear some good news on today. And as a singer, he provides an inspirational music for churches and weddings and motivational opportunities. This is the man. You want to hear him today. You want to call somebody and let them know if they have an ur- urging to hear Dr. Martin Luther King, then they definitely want to tune in, replay, 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 and get a hold of him. So his inspirational music touches people all across the land. Uh, David has traveled extensively around the globe, reaching all of the young at heart and being an example to others. He is a pastor. He is a speaker. He's a vocalist. I wish we could get him to sing a little bit, y'all, today, but it's so much that we're going to ask him to do. And he's actually a songwriter as well. And he is an inventor. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He is an inventor and an impressionist. And we're going to hear some of those impressions a little bit later on of Dr. Martin Luther King, a person that he emulates so beautifully. And David's talents, they cannot be denied. I'm telling you, because no matter what lane he's in, he's going to bring it and he's going to bring it 100 percent. David, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. It is indeed a joy to be a, a guest here on your show. And to all those out there in, in uh, uh, podcast land, hello to each and every one of you around the globe. And uh, uh, I guess I should say uh, happy upcoming uh, Martin Luther King Day. Yes, yes, yes. We, David, we're just going to jump right on in because there's so much that we have to talk about. And um, we just want to do a little deep sea diving. You know, we talked about, I mentioned about music and I want to know who inspired you to go into music because a lot of people want to sing. You know, they have the American Idol on all these shows. Everybody thinks they can sing. You know what I'm saying? And they're singing in the shower or whatever. But you do have a voice. You actually have a gift. You have a gift from God. But who inspired you? Because at the time we're in, there's so many musical artists that people are being inspired by. But where did this begin for you as a young boy? Well, it, it started with my my mother. Uh, my mother is a singer and mm. uh, at the age of seven years old in church, she mm. was the lead lead singer for the uh, youth, the young adult choir. She was okay. the lead singer at age seven. So age she seven. was sort of like a, a child uh, prodigy. And so growing up around her, we, my sister and I would always go around to various churches as my aunt would play for her mm. uh, the piano. 
we would talk, see my mother sing, and we always wanted to emulate my mother because mm. uh, that's what she taught us. That's what we knew. And that's what we wanted to do. Wow. So this came at a very early age. But, David, it's not mm-hmm. just the singing and, and the genes of singing. You actually compose music. You are a songwriter. Everybody yes. can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of your greats today. Mm-hmm. Other people have to write their songs and then it may become a hit. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) what is it like to be able to compose music? There's there's everybody, I guess, has a different process. But what is your process? Because I want to get into your lane of your gifting lane because you sing, but you're hearing something from God as you're hearing music. Well, um, I'm always a student and believer of uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter, Mm. Uh, 14 through 30, when it speaks about the talents and my ministry is called oh. five talents more mm-hmm. because God, God gives us, I call him Yah, his uh, mm-hmm. Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. Yah gives us gifts and talents and we are to use it for his glory. So okay. I was always obedient to the scriptures in regards to when God has given you gifts, you are to use it for his glory. So mm-hmm. uh, I went to school with uh, Brian McKnight and Chris oh, Lewis. Yes. Uh, and they used to tell me, Dave, don't just sing, try mm. to write. We're, mm. we're writing music. And so my competitive juices was, so if my contemporaries and colleagues, if you will, are writing music, then I must write music. So I, I sat mm-hmm. down, I got some advice from them. I asked the most high, you know, Solomon says, if you want Mm. wisdom, if you want these things, you ask the Lord and he will give it to you. So I asked him to give me the gift to write. And so Mm. I just started writing songs as if uh, I'm writing a poem. And then the most high started giving me the melodies. And then I knew, you know, where to put first, first, third verse, second verse, fourth verse, so on and so Mm. forth. But Mm. it first starts from a gift from the most high. And then I was able to sharpen that gift. But Mm. those were the inspirations behind songwriting. Wow. Now you mentioned Brian McKnight, and I know there's a lot of other people that you went to school with, but specifically um, Mr. Brian McKnight, a lot of people would love to sing along with him or just have him in their presence at one point in time. Is there a a person that you would have loved to collaborate with or like to collaborate with as far as in your singing career? Because Whitney Phipps is a whole lot of them out there (laughs) that have a melodious voice and your voice is is along that line. But is there somebody that you would like to collaborate with? Because uh, I could just imagine a beautiful duet. Well, uh, to believe it or not, growing up, in addition to Whitley Phipps on the Christian side mm-hmm. and Larnell Harris, uh, yes, maybe even B.B. Yes. Winans. Mm. Uh, but I was always told growing up and was always my favorite singer was uh, Luther Vandross. Come and, on they, now. you know, Come and when I was now. a teenager and I, in college, they used to call me uh, 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 Luther Whitley Phipps <laughs> Vandross, <laughs> Martin Luther King. Okay. So Martin Whitley Vandross is what they used to call me. I thought, oh, man. wow, wow. Yeah, because yeah. a chair is still a chair and a home. Come on is- now, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> what about the room? What about the room? There you go. There you go. You know, it's so interesting because. You like I said, you've traveled, you you sung a lot of places, and even with your your impressionist, you're you're still singing. Um, but what was one of your best performances so far? Because I know you've met Miss Rosa Parks as well. And as you think over the years, what was one of those audiences, one of those places that you traveled? I know you've been to Africa, you've been to a lot of places, but what was one place that really stuck out to you, you know, in your in your singing career? 
Oh, wow. In my singing career. Because you, um, you, you, we've mentioned so many people that you've talked to. And like you said, that you were known as, you know, the Luther, the yes. Whitney and all of these <laughs> Whitney Phipps and people. But there's just something that stands out because when, when you met Rosa Parks, that 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 right there was powerful. But there's others I know. But to you, what was a special moment for you? I would say um, when I was I would say singing wise, it was a tie between uh, one of Martin Luther King's best friends and colleagues, Dr. Mm. E. e. Cleveland, Ooh, uh, uh, Seventh Day Adventist uh, minister. Yeah. He was also Ooh. like a uh, a god father to me, grandfather, yes, if you will. Yes. And he mentored me because he mm. was friends with Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to sing for him for his crusades throughout uh, 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 in the St. Louis area and also when he came to California and also mm -hmm. in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And he would, that coupled with the Dr. King oratory, he would sit Ooh. down and talk to me about some of the songs that Martin used to like. And that's a tie with Rosa Parks, Mrs. Rosa Parks, uh, yeah, the late yeah. great. Mm. She would uh, have me sit down. In addition to doing the King speeches, mm -hmm. she would have me sing Negro spirituals to her oh. and tell me what those songs meant to her while she was locked up when mm. she decided to do her civil disobedience. Mm, mm, mm. That is heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, just being in the presence of those greats you know, Mr. Cleveland, Pastor Cleveland. And it's, you know, people just read about him. They listen to some of his sermons and uh, just to be in his presence, let alone to be a protege or to be mentored by him is, is just a dream would be a dream come true for a lot of people. So definitely, definitely you've been in blessed shoes in the past and the track that you're going on now is, is phenomenal. We're going to, we're going to crack it open a little bit more. We're going to go a little bit deeper, deep to diving, but you know, I want to ask you another thing about your singing. How do you, uh, the skills that you, how do you prepare yourself? Because I, you know, when people hear you sing, it's so deep, it's so rich. It's like rivers, you know, just kind of, it just kind of goes out when you're holding notes. And how do you prepare for that? Because it's not like just drinking tea <laughs> or something, but really, how do you prepare as a minister, as, 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 you know, because you have to protect your voice as you're speaking as an impressionist, but then you're singing. That's, uh, that's your singing. You mentioned Luther. Your voice is right up in there. And when you're holding no notes and you're singing, it's like, you know, the it's like waters. It's just like flowing ripples. You know what I'm saying? And yes. it, moves, uh, it moves people. You mentioned Negro oh, spirituals God, with, with Rosa Parks. Your singing moves people. It takes us to a place. We go there when you're singing those verses. Mm. How do you prepare? Well, uh, I'm, I, I took voice in college. And uh, I was always lazy on, on on some of the dynamics that you learned from voice. And that has always been mm. my fault. Mm. But it is, number one, a gift from the most high. Yes. No doubt. It's a yes, gift. Yes, and yes. we're all given gifts and talents. And mm -hmm. those specific gifts and talents that we are given, we are to sharpen them, you know, mm. to make them as sharp as possible. Yes. Use it for God's glory. So yes, yes. what I have was a gift given to me in the womb, if you will, when I was being, mm, when I was mm. being put together, if you will, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. I had to cultivate it. And sometimes I'm lazy, oh. on doing it. but when I prepare, I've had two surgeries since I last spoke with you. Uh, oh, okay. Mm. 19, I've had two vocal surgeries because vocal of surgeries. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Laryngoscopy surgeries at Loma Linda university. Now, was and, that because of the strain? Cause we talk about yes. the preparation. 
Oh, yes. I had developed sort of like a hot polyps, if you if you if you were yes. polyps on the on the throat from uh, wear and tear from yeah. speeches, preaching, and singing. Mm. So when I prepare, I uh, I I, pr- pr- I um I provide some type of a create a solution, you know, of uh, okay. cayenne cayenne okay. pepper, okay, uh, various other ingredients I put okay. together, and I I, I drink it. And okay. when I went to South South Africa, they used they had these pills mm. that you could take for singers, and I I was able to order them, buy them when I was there, and order yeah. them online. So wow. I go through type of a ritual just to get okay. my voice right to mm. combat the post nasal drip that I suffer from. Wow! And then to have to have surgeries because, because, like I said, when you sing, you give it your all. When you're doing oratory speech, you give it your all. So I can imagine that wear and tear. It's like a basketball player or football. After a while, your knees and and your your joints and things begin to hurt um, because you're giving it a hundred percent and things like that. So it's it's really amazing. Um, you know, you're doing a lot as a pastor. Let's talk about some of the exciting things, some of the churches, some of the places that you're that you're uh, going now and some of the things that you're doing to be able to help bring people to Christ, you know? So let's talk about that ministry life. Cause I'm like, what? <laughs> Pastoring two churches. So tell us about the, the churches that you're doing in California and uh, some of the exciting things that are going on there that you're doing, reaching communities. Well, to, to, to Yah be all the glory. Yes. Um, he, he has uh, allowed for me to be uh, sort of like the, the pastor, if you will, of a, yes. of a, Filipino church in okay. uh, Las Las Vegas called Saving Grace uh, Phil M Phil M Filipino American Seven Day Adventist Church. Okay, and it's a it's a small uh, little group, if you will, and mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to get it to grow. So they have asked me to be their their speaker. So I go there a couple, you know, once a month right okay. now. Okay, okay, and then we're trying to uh, uh, get it bigger, you know, make it bigger. And then yes. I also pastor church in. Uh, Little Rock, California, not at mm. Arkansas, but Little yes. Rock, California, okay. in the Palmdale area. And it's mm-hmm. a, a Hispanic, a multicultural okay. type of church called Hidden Treasures. And so mm, I like um, that. I like pastor that. both both churches. Uh, OK. And uh, before that, I was doing evangelist work where I was going mm. in and out of the country uh, before COVID. I was mm. uh, the most high had me over in Nigeria and South Africa and various oh. places like that. And, you know, to minister also in England uh, okay. twice. I was able okay. to go there and we were able to baptize a, a few folk uh, there and mm-hmm. also here in, in the States. And uh, so I, I wanted to, as I'm in school, I wanted yeah. to have some type of more stability with the family. So yes. these two churches that I'm pastoring right now is where the Lord has me right now. Wow. You know, as a minister of the gospel, David, you know, what is one lesson that you think everyone should follow? Because like you said, you're working with people from different cultures and things like that. Um, but what's one thing that you think that everyone should follow as a minister of the gospel, speaking from that standpoint of view, not so much from the motivational standpoint of view, but everybody's searching now. This pandemic has got people wondering what's going to happen next. They don't know who to believe. They don't know what to believe. You know, you hear all this fake news and this news and that. It's so much going on. So many philosophies out there. Um, people have so many different roles that this is the way and this is the way, but what's one thing or principle that you think that we should all follow just as humans, human beings. Trust. Yeah. Mm. Say that again. Say that again. Trust. Yeah. Put Mm. your faith in Yahuwah. 
Mm. The most high, we, we say God, Lord, mm. but I, I like to use, I'm in Hebrew class, so I like yes, to use yes. his Hebrew name, yes. Yahuwah. Mm. Trust his son, Yahushua mm. Hamashiach, mm. Jesus Christ, as everyone knows him as, but his Hebrew name is Yahushua. Trust them. This is my 15th year mm. uh, reading the Bible reading plan that I have. And when I go to various churches, I always plug the Bible reading plan. Mm. It allows for you, one, to read the Bible through in a chronological order yes. where it reads like a novel. Mm. And when you read the word, Every year of the last 15 years that I've been reading the Bible from Genesis mm -hmm. to Revelation, mm -hmm. I've learned something new. What wow. other book can give you that? But mm -hmm. the book of books, this yeah. novel, this handbook on how to get mm -hmm. to heaven. Mm -hmm. So if I were to give any advice to anyone, yes. don't look horizontally to man. Okay. Look vertically to yeah. your creator. Because okay. That is where your strength comes from. Yes. That is yes. where your faith should be. Because yes. man is going to deceive you. Man mm. is going to deceive you because of the devices by Satan who knows he has but a short time. Wow. So if I can give any advice to anyone, mm -hmm. trust Yah. Trust God. Mm. So so let me ask you a question about the Hebrew. How is that very different from the Bible that most people read and maybe the New King James Version? Um, do you find like parallels there or do you find that um, the understanding, you know, the understanding when you mention Hebrew and mention Yah, we're just like Jesus. That's our English you know, name for right. him. But do you find that there's a deeper level of, of, of faith that you have now that you're studying Hebrew, that it just yes. kind of honed you in a little bit closer to spirit, so to speak? Yes, of course, because first of all, the language breaks down words that we thought we knew. And I read out of the King mm. James. I okay. also own the 1611 King James version of the Bible where, you know, before there was a J, the J has been in our English language for about almost 400 years. Well, okay. the King James version was written in 1611. So his name could not be J Jesus with the J. It was Jesus. But before it was Jesus, that was the, the Greek Latin version. His okay. name was Yahshua. That was Yeshua. his name, Yahshua. Yahshua means Yah's salvation. Oh. That's Jesus, Yah's salvation. So when you read the Hebrew, for instance, when we say hallelujah, mm -hmm. hallelujah, that means praise Yah. The name oh. Judah means Yah's praise. Yah be praised. When Leah named Judah her fourth son, it was because she said praise Yah because she has a fourth son. Maybe her husband Jacob would love her more. So. Oh. The people of Judah is the line where our Savior came from. Mm. His name is Yahshua, which means Yah's salvation. So when we mm. say hallelujah, we're saying praise Yah. And if you look at Psalms, oh. uh, the 68th uh, uh, chapter, it mm -hmm. says in there, in our Bibles, it says praise Yah with a J. Yeah. But understand, the J is a new letter that that did not exist before 400 years ago. So mm -hmm. his name had to have been the Y, Yah, oh. praise Yah. Oh. So Yah is his name. And when you read Hebrew, mm. it just, it, 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 it delves deeper into mm. you exegete the scriptures to learn more of who God's people are and wow. who he is. And that's what I have been humbled by learning the language, mm. the Hebrew language. It brings the Bible more to life. 
Wow. That's, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Especially the hallelujah because everybody's screaming it, hollering it, and really not knowing what it means. And it's really right. interesting. You said that just, just thinking about that, you know, um, you know, so many talents that you have, David, you know, now you're speaking more than another language because I know you can speak more than one language, but <laughs> you, where does this invention side of you come in at? Because I, I, I know about this, this game and I'm like, how did that slide in there with all this other stuff going on. And how did that come about, first of all? And and tell us a little bit about where that is now, your game and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, again, uh, uh, all, all honor and praise goes to the Most High. Uh, yes. Because he gives each and every one of us talents. And mm. again, Ma- Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It, all, each and every one of us have gifts and talents that we are mandated to use. And I didn't yes. realize I had that. We played a game when I was growing up in elementary school and a teacher of mine came up with some type of game. Mm. And so I looked at that game and uh, uh, sort of like many inventors before on already existing uh, uh, inventions, they added to it and made Mm. it that of their own. And so I saw the game that she would play with us, a game that we would play during uh, 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 spelling and English. Mm. It was a fun game. So I started to play around with the game and I started to add some nuances to the game. And as I started playing the game, when I became a young man in the early Mm. 90s, I started playing with different couples and with my my wife at the time. And and Mm. people started to really talk about how this game helped them with you know vocabulary and right. English as a second language, right? And right. then I decided when I became a probation officer to get more serious about it. And mm. the inmates, I worked the game with the inmates. It helped with their vocabulary. They wow. helped me get the patent pending. And before you knew it, the game became uh, patented in two thousand nine as a United mm. States patent. And what's the name of the game? I mean, it's something that people it, can still purchase today. It, it's it's not ready to be well. It can be purchased from okay. in terms of my hand making the game. Okay, not, okay, okay. You know, mass uh, produced out on the market. Right, oh, we're in gotcha. that stage to gotcha. get the funding. But yeah, it's called U Take U mm. the letter U dash Take T A K E U Take, mm. and mm. it's disguised learning. It's it's a game that uh, a- a- accentuates your vocabulary, spelling and wow. uh, writing wow. skills and mm. it helps those English as a second language and uh, those to get to understand the language in a better, more fun, edutaining way, edutaining, right. educational and entertaining mm. way. Wow. You know, David, you, your, your creativity is just unlocked. <laughs> you know, It's just really unlocked, you know, with the singing and inventing and songwriting and all of these things besides Ja. As I say, I'm gonna be saying that now. I'll just especially you know like tomorrow. You know, so who motivates you? Who keeps you going? Who helps you to just press forward with all of this pandemic that we are gone through? We're hopefully we're coming out of it, but there's been a lot of turmoil. A lot of people have died and lost their life. And with you doing all the things you do, some people stop with just one thing, and they can't continue. But the Lord has just, like you said, five talents more. He's expanded you. He's expanded your territory. And so you're still thriving and growing and, and doing so much. Who inspires you besides Yah? We give praise to God, to Yah. I'm going to love that. Hallelujah. I'm loving that. But how do you keep motivated to do what you do on these, these dark days of pandemic and the talk and put on the mask again and all of that, you know? Mm. You know, it, Sheila, it, it, it's, it, it may sound cliche, uh, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I've seen so many things and I've been let down so many times by mm-hmm. man. I, I have to go back and just be truthful. As you ask yes, me this yes, question, yes, I yes. get excited within mm-hmm. me. It's almost mm-hmm. that excitement that an unborn uh, uh, John the Baptist had when he heard yes. that uh, Mary was pregnant and, and it says mm-hmm. Mary's womb jumped for joy. Yes. I had that kind of uh, jump mm-hmm. for joy, if you will, as mm-hmm. you just asked mm-hmm. me the question mm-hmm. again. It may sound cliche. What inspires me? Who inspires me? Capital W. Mm. It is my savior. Because Mm. as I get older and as I see the Bible fulfilling itself, Mm. the more you read, the more you understand. Each year you read and you understand what is really going on in the world before, in Mm -hmm. the world now, and in the world to come. Mm -hmm. You have to trust our savior. You have to understand how much He loves us, that his Mm -hmm. father gave him to us, his only begotten son to save us. We were were, we were not. I mean, we were a people that that that, Mm. uh, uh, we did not deserve the price that he paid for us. So he inspires me. And it's Mm -hmm. cliche, but Mm. I I have to only tell you the truth. When I am discouraged by my brother and my Mm. sister, you know, I'm talking about those of friends and family. It is the love of the Most High, the love Mm. of my Savior, Mm. our our Messiah, Mm. that keeps me going. I Mm. trust Him. And when I do, Sheila, He expands, He he fills my coffers, He expands my my, my barns, He Mm. blesses me, and it is through Him that I receive my power. It is through Him that I receive my my glory and my inspiration. He is mm-hmm. my light and my yeah. salvation, whether it's wow. cliche or not. Yeah. It yeah. Is yeah. Inspires. You know, and, and as you're doing oratory speeches and, and, and things like that, um, when you're doing those on stage, especially in front of people like Rosa Parks and different people, do you just feel that you actually become, it's like you take on an alter ego or something and just become that person in that hour? Because when you do those speeches and impressions, you feel, you go back to the sixties your, your, your mind goes back to the 60s. So do you feel that you just you just take on that that person, so to speak, as an alter ego? Because you do it so well mm-hmm. until if you close your eyes, you would actually feel that you're in a church, St. Ebenezer or whatever it is, <laughs> Ebenezer Church. You feel that you're back there in that time because it's so skillful. Like you said, it is a gift. And, and when you say five talents more, God has definitely blessed you, you know, with with more than just five talents, actually more than just five talents, but too much is given much is required. required. And so I know that you talked about your grandmother, that she, you know, as a young boy, that she would want you to learn these speeches because it meant so much to her. And she wanted you to, to bring those out. So when you're doing those different speeches, how are you feeling? And, and what's kind of on your heart as you're trying to get that mess? Are you feeling like I'm here again, getting that same message across to a new people? the same message at a different time or what's on your mind? It's a very good, good question. And it, it, it's humbling because when I, uh, when I recite Dr. King's speeches, it takes on a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, uh, connotation, if you will. I, I yeah, yeah. it's as if I, I'm taking back mm-hmm. to that time and I can mm-hmm. feel what he felt. Now I know He's dead and in his grave, yes, but yes, that yes. spirit that he had that motivated him, mm. it's as if I, I, I were feeling something of that sort. Yeah. And it draws me to tears sometimes. I'm doing a speech yeah. and I'm crying. Yeah. I'm crying yeah. because yeah. 
I'm feeling something. You know that old yes, Negro spiritual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, something within me. I cannot yeah. explain something. But you can sing it though. Come on, you can sing it. You can sing it though. We mad at you. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, it, it's a spiritual mm. journey. When yeah. I am doing Dr. King's speeches, it's almost as if I were taken on a on, on a on a. Uh, a trip into a, yeah. a time machine back yeah. into those days. Yeah. And I'm actually seeing the people and I'm actually pressed with the issues that were going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it didn't, it, it also helped when you speak to Mrs. Parks for three hours yeah. and she kind of answers a lot of your questions and mm. kind of paints the picture that the history books don't give you. Yes. And when you sitting down talking with her or sitting down and talking to E.E. E. Cleveland, those who knew Dr. King, you kind of feel something. So when I do his speeches, I'm not just reciting the speech. Yeah, it's as yeah. if I'm living his speech. Oh, man. And it's, it's, so it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual mm. uh, awakening for me. Yes, yes. And that's what it was when he spoke. People felt something. They were moved at that time with the climate, the way it was. And actually, sad to say, we've come a long way, David, but we still have a ways to go. You know, with a lot of things that are going on, we still have a ways to go. And, you know, there's still a lot of things that just tip people off so easily um, when it comes to these type of racial tensions. And with that being said, we have such a special treat for you all out there in podcast land. We are going to take you back in time, a time when there was a lot of different turmoil going on in the United States of America, a time when one of the greatest speakers of our time was there at the podium getting ready to deliver a most powerful speech that brought hope and healing to a lot of people that was in their audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you Mr. David Anthony Johnson reciting reciting one of Martin Luther King's speeches. Uh, this was uh, February um, uh, the 3rd. Uh, 1968. Uh, This was two months to the day uh, of Dr. Martin Luther King's assassination. Matter of fact, it might have been February the 4th, 1968, two months to the day. And he was at his church, Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And this has gone down as the drum major instinct is the sermon. But at the end of the sermon, he took a bit of a twist. He started to talk about his own death. And they recorded the whole sermon, but this last part of the drum major instinct, they've entitled uh, the um, the eulogy, and they played this five days later at Dr. King's funeral on April the 9th. Thus, the term Dr. King preached his own eulogy. So we're going to pick up the speech. It's the drum major instinct sermon. But towards the end, it flips to what we call the eulogy. And this best typifies what kind of man Dr. King was and how he loved God and loved his brothers and sisters, even to death. You know the saying, I love you to death? He did, because he knew he was going to die. And this, again, was played at his funeral. It's called the eulogy. You know, I guess we all think realistically about that day when we will be victimized at what is life's final common denominator. 
And that's something we call death. And every now and then I think about my own death, my own funeral. But I don't think of it in a morbid sense. But every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would once say? And I leave the word with you this morning. Then if you around when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. Every now and then I'd wonder what I'd want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That is important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other wards. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day. Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. Like for somebody to say on that day that I did try to feed the hungry. Like for somebody to say that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. Like for somebody to say on that day that I did try to be right on the war question. Like for somebody to say on that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who are naked. Like for somebody to say on that day that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. That I was a drum major for right. And all of the other silent things would not matter. Love it for somebody to mention that I did try in my life to do what the things that the Lord would have me to do. I try to serve him the way that he would have me to serve. I try to love the way that he would have me to love. To do the things that he would have me to do. To serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major. Say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace, that I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have none of the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody, as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I could show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Or oh, if I could do my duty as a Christian, or bring salvation to a world once wrong, if I could spread the message, as the master, 
then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or your bedside. Not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or your bedside, not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition. But I just want to be there in love and in justice and in commitment to others that we may make of this old world a new world. God bless you. Thank you. David, David Anthony Johnson. Oh my goodness. That's folks. I'm telling you, this has been a delight. Um, You know, this is a friend of mine for years and he is just getting it done for the kingdom. Um, David, how can people get a hold of you to be able, how can people get a hold of you to be able to um, get in contact with you for speaking engagements, you know, for your singing, um, you know, your preaching, there's so many different things for their church or for their organization. Um, give us some contact information. Yes, uh, uh, while I'm building up my uh, website, they'll soon be able to have access to me there at davidanthonyjohnson.com. Mm-hmm. davidanthonyjohnson.com. My phone number is 951 768 Six seven three seven, and my uh, email would be D as in David, J as in Jack, O as in Oscar, H as in Harry, N as in Nancy, D John three one six at mail M A I L not Gmail mail M A I L dot com D John three one six at mail dot com. Thank you so much, David. I'll tell you, friends, we're just about out of time. We just want to thank you so much for listening. We want to thank David, our special guest, who had did a tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So special. He took us back in time. But not only that, his five talents more. You all have to look him up at D. John 316 because he's doing something. He's a mover and shaker for the kingdom. And so we thank God for his gifts. We thank God for his talents. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, please visit our website at www.road2eternity.net. And remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Please use your gifts to impact the world. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.